overcome, you must educate. Educate not only yourself, but educate anyone seeking to learn. We are all dead America. We can all learn something. To learn, we must challenge what we already understand. The way we do that is through conversation. Sometimes we have conversations with others. However, some of the best conversations happen with ourselves. Reach out and challenge yourself. Let's dive in and learn something right now. Today we are with Lois Hollis. Lois is a filmmaker. She is a shame guilt educator. She is an RN and so much more. Lois, why don't you introduce yourself? Let people know just a little bit more about you, please. Okay. Well, I'm 78 as of last week. So I'm going to give you the short version because we'll be Happy here birthday. all night. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to have a rollerblading party when I'm 80. That's my well, new that's my new goal. You want to come? <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um it's a long story, but retrospectively, I can start putting it together because of where I am today. I started out as a registered nurse. I've always wanted to be in the nursing field, always wanted to be in the helping field. And I did. I started around 12 years old and I was able to be part of the creation of the kidney dialysis units in 1966. And that started a whole spring of innovative ways of doing something differently because they were only doing peritoneal dialysis at that time. And we were doing it with the blood, as you all know now. And I helped start home dialysis. And so I gave lectures throughout the country on dialysis procedures, and recommendations, and I was considered like a trailblazer. Then um, I, I got married and had three children. And then when I was about 55, I became very depressed and to the point of suicidal, which was like, didn't make any sense because I've been this active, person all my life but as you know if you don't take care of the problems that you had in your childhood teenage young adult you're going to crash it and they call that middle age <laughs> <laughs> well I entered middle age wanting to kill myself and I didn't know why so I went to counseling and they helped somewhat because I didn't want to commit suicide anymore but I wasn't happy I wasn't dancing I wasn't happy at all I've come to learn that my childhood was very abusive in fact I realized at that age that I had a near-death experience even when I was like six or seven years old so I was always used to talking to another force 
And I think that's how I became a trailblazer because if you have otherworldly things happening to you, you get to know things that the world doesn't know. And so I kind of put that all together. And I had uh, 30 years of migraine headaches. I had uh, broken bones, broken jaw. I had severe scoliosis that pushed my lungs in. So I wasn't you know, breathing well. I had a, a heart murmur that the valve was leaking. So they said, you'll probably die at 55 because you can't live and your kidneys were not working either. And as a nurse, I knew this, but somehow I knew that I wasn't sick, but everybody told me I was sick. Yeah. I know that's difficult to explain, but I guess that's inner sense like, well, that's what they're saying, but there's a solution, but I just don't know it yet. And I think that's the hope that I want to give with the shame guilt. It's like, there is hope and there is a way out. Only nobody ever told us this since Adam and Eve. So that's yeah, what that's I'm all about is, is the hope. Now I found or was led to a chiropractor healer person and he helped rearrange all my bones and my all my head traumas and so forth and so on. So my body was becoming more healed. I mean, I was had so many brain traumas in my 40s that I could not go outside during the day. That shows oh, you the Yeah, because you know, people that have head traumas, they can't be out in the sun. I did not know that. That's interesting. Yeah. And keep a look for that, especially people that have been in the war and had traumatic brain injuries. They can't go out in the sun. It really hurts them because the heat can't be dissipated because of the traumas. Wow, that's very interesting, Lois. Yeah, uh, so... Now, let's expand on that just for a moment. Uh, when, when you say that, does this mean by any traumatic experience, emotional or blunt force? Well... It's more physical than emotional, but okay. the emotion still stays there. But the physical, I mean, if you have physical and emotional abuse, you got some problems. If you just have the emotional, you have problems, but not as severe as the physical and emotional. I had physical and emotional. I was thrown down the steps. Uh, you know, it was quite extensive. But people can see the magnitude of it. But when you say you couldn't go outside in the sun, you could. I could only go outside when it got dark. Interesting. Yeah. So now I can yeah. stay on the beach in sun, which is like, oh my goodness, <laughs> <laughs> what a life! <laughs> what a life. Anyway, so the degree of the traumas, you have to measure it with the degree of the emotional problems, yeah. and that's where I stood in my fifties. And uh, I was in counseling with groups and so forth and so on. And someone asked me, Lois, what do you do about shame? And I was like, hmm, I don't know. That's an interesting word. I mean, seriously, that's what I said. So I have a detective kind of mind and I couldn't leave that alone. I had to figure it out. 
<laughs> you know, so uh, I went to the library. We didn't have internet in the, that time, 80s, 90s. And I could only see John Bradshaw's book that said, shame is a sickness of the soul. Well, anyway, at that point, I was helping people uh, with their emotions on an interpersonal level, like talking to your depression, talking to your anxiety, working, making peace with your inner critic. And I just added shame, guilt work to that. And my goodness, everybody healed within uh, two or three sessions. And I came to learn that shame, guilt, energy makes all our positive emotions turn to negative ones. So you don't have to go to years for therapy for depression or anxiety or suicide or procrastination. They're all negative, but the shame guilt turned your positive emotions into negative ones. Like compassion would turn into depression. Your passion turns to anger. And your intuition turns to anxiety. So this is a whole different way of looking at mental health. Yeah, I find it interesting also, Lois, that, uh, and I want to make note of this, that you're not saying shame and the guilt. You're saying shame guilt as right. one phrase. Yes. Explain people what you mean by that. Okay. Shame is in the unconscious mind and guilt's in the conscious mind or it affects the conscious mind and the unconscious mind. Now, as a nurse person, this is how the medical world works. If you have a virus in your brain, they call it meningitis. If you have the same virus in your stomach, they call it gastritis. If you have the same virus in your kidneys, they call it nephritis. If you have the same virus in your bone, elbow, they call it bursitis. Okay, do you see where I'm going with this? But what does it do? It confuses you. Like, oh, I got another disease. No, you don't. You have the same disease, but it's used for billing purposes. They can bill for nephritis and bill for meningitis. And that's not a bad thing. They have to make money, but it confuses you. So I'm making it understandable by saying shame guilt is the same energy that comes into us like a computer virus comes into your computer it affects yeah. your emotions it's outside of us if it's outside of us we can get rid of it we don't need it yeah and and this psychological disorder basically affects all of our human emotion our physical body our health, our well-being, our thought process, everything. You're a good man. Shame, guilt makes your brain or your mind go into confusion. I'm not getting into the technical paracortex, cortex, occipital lobe, because that's so confusing. It takes you away from what I'm trying to talk about. Yeah. Even though I know these parts of the brain. All we have to know is shame, guilt, energy comes into us. It affects our brain. We get confused. We get disoriented. Dis, excuse me, disorientated. It takes our emotions positive. We don't have to 
meditate and pray and, 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 and work forever when being happy. All you have to get rid of the shame guilt that took away your happiness. It's, yes. it's, now, it's, and then it affects our internal organs. Yes. Because it makes the uh, relay lines not operate properly. That's right. So, so shame guilt is an energy like a, a, related to a computer virus. And what do we do with a computer virus? We have a virus removal program. That's <laughs> well, right. we need a shame guilt removal program. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting that you do all of this and the unique way that your insight brings you to focus on what you're saying is deep. So how do we start approaching this? Because a lot of this is uh, psychological that we get from the subconscious mind. We don't even realize that it's happening. And your first film actually covers a lot of that, where we have to fight that inner critic and tell ourselves good things about ourselves instead of listening to that negative energy that you're talking about. Well, to go back to that, we have to make friends with our inner critic. Because he or she is part of us. Like we can't cut off our arm because it hurts. We have to heal our arm because it's bleeding and you hit it and you broke the arm. You have to heal it. You can't get rid of your arm. Well, you could, but it's not going to help you. And the inner critic, if you try to say, shut up, go away, go away, shut up. They only get stronger. Because you put them in an attack mode. Like... We want to become friends. So I say, hi, Ed, what kind of um, food do you like? Do you like pastrami? Do you like spaghetti? And you would say, oh, I like spaghetti. And I said, I like spaghetti with cheese. What do you like spaghetti? So it's like, you're, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to myself. It's a self-talk, self-healing process. That we, everyone talks to themselves. I say, can we make this shit, this talking of ourselves more productive by talking to the inner critic, talking to our anxiety, talking to our depression. I don't like tapping, oh, tap it away. Why do you wanna get rid of your emotions? They're part of you, you can't get rid of them. They just get stronger. So some people don't like hearing what I have to say, but it's the truth. <laughs> well, that, that's the point. And we all need truth, Lois. This is so the truth. This is the truth. Yeah, I love the way you're bringing the insight to the inner perspective. You know, what are you thinking inside? What are you telling yourself? And identifying those different emotions and tagging them and you name them. You give names to these. No, they give me, emotions. they give me their name. I say, what is your name? Oh, excuse me. No, that's okay. 99% uh, of people say, what do you name? I said, that's narcissistic to name somebody. Uh -huh. I asked you, what is your uh -huh. name? Right. And you say, my name is Ed. So I talk to uh, my anger. Anger doesn't talk too often. And I says, what is your name? No, 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 no. So I said, can I call you no name? 
And he said, okay. <laughs> so I, the, the part that wouldn't give me the name, I still said, can I call you no name? And then after yeah. he healed and got rid of the shame guilt he was carrying, he said, my name is not no name. My name is unstoppable. Yeah, that's very interesting that you just brought that out where the inner critic even has to heal. And of is course. that deep subconscious? Okay, now. There's a lot, not a lot, but there is a majority of things happening now in psychology that say we need to talk to our future self, our inner self, our young self. That is the first layer. But you need to say, what is your name? Like, Ed, I like talking to you. I like, I know your name is Ed. I, it's how we talk to each other. We get personal when we know each other's name. And our inner self has different names. My inner critic's name is King. <laughs> Rightly so. Now, uh, most therapies out there today do not address the inner critic, I think because they don't know how. But if you have a problem with a company, do you talk to the receptionist or do you talk to the CEO to get things going? You're going to talk to the CEO, right? I mean, like, really? So the king is the CEO of your personality. You think you're in charge, Ed, but you're not. Your CEO <laughs> is in charge, and you're right. It's all subconscious. So what do you do? You say, hi. And they, they say, I don't talk to you. You're too stupid. That's what inner critics say. Well, the reason is that the inner critic... And hopefully you only have one. I had one client that had three. So if you only have one, consider yourself lucky. <laughs> and the inner critic is living in, let's say, 1956, 1960 for me, because I'm 78. So he's still thinking I'm 10 years old. And so I talked to King and I said, King, how would you like to come and live in 2021? I'm not in 1956 anymore. I've learned a lot of things along the way. I'm not stupid kid. I know what shame and guilt is, and I don't need you to keep telling me to stay away from something because I know how to handle stressful situations. It's like a teenager saying to his parents, hey, mom, dad. I'm a teenager now. I'm a young adult. Stop the, um, uh, what do you call it, minutia of telling me what to do. I'm an adult now. So that's what you're saying to yourself. Now, you still have to work with the inner critic because the inner critic really just wants to take care of you. Like a mother. But he only has one tool. Shame and guilt. Shame guilt is his only tool he has. Because why? Culture taught him it. The religion taught him it. The Pope taught him it. You know, the senator and, and you know, everyone. Everyone teaches shame guilt. In fact, I went to that one time I was in the thrift store. And I picked up a book written in 1930 something. And it was written by a Jewish mother. And it was called How to Guilt Your Kid Into Obedience. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? 
I mean, there's wow. the title, how to guilt your kid into obedience. <laughs> Let me tell yeah. you, it's, it's, but no one expresses it. They kind of like, no, you guilt your kid into obedience. Does that make you a, a flourishing adult? No, because you're taught that way. So the inner critic was taught that way. So we have to elevate him. So I say to King, would you like more power? And he goes, oh, yeah, 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 I want more power. And I said, if you stop babysitting me, you can have a better job. And the critic feels like he'll lose himself if he changes jobs. Because you know how people are their jobs? Okay, the same thing yeah. with the inner critic. But eventually he matures enough. And at this time... King is not my inner critic anymore. He travels around the world to get me podcasts. <laughs> right on, King. <laughs> well, that's how we kind of get it out there and help people is through these media. And exactly, you know, people are not aware of this. They, they are know. struggling. And, and if you're struggling, it's hard to think. And, so, and you go to therapy and they go, well, just manage it. I don't want yeah. to manage depression. I had one client said, if you, he tried, you know, he wanted to work with me. And he says, if you tell me how to manage my depression, I'm going to hit you <laughs> because I want to get rid of it. <laughs> He said, no, yeah. I'm not going to hit you, but I'm like so frustrated. I've been to four or five therapists and they teach me how to manage it. I don't want to manage it. I want to get rid of it. I says, I can help you. So we worked with the shame, guilt, making the depression. And within two sessions, he was fine. That's that's pretty remarkable, that's you know, because you're you're absolutely right. Every place wants to give you a pill. And, you know, I, I'm not going to bash the pill, but there's if you purpose wanna, in place. Right. If you want to go all the way, like pills and management gets you to first base in basketball, baseball, maybe second, but it'll never bring you home. I want to go right. all the way. I want to be happy. Right. I want to be successful because I know I can. Yeah. Now, so that's I, I listened to I you on with. a podcast. I listened to you on a podcast, Lois, where you were talking about juicing and juicing is important. And a lot of people, they juice wrong also. Oh, you yeah. Know, but uh, feeding your cell is very important because it, it instantly starts taking action in your body when you juice properly. Could you talk to people about the feeding of our cellular body and making our bodies happy through food the right way? Yes. I, um, when I was dying <laughs> in my fifties, I um, became very lucky to meet a holistic physician. And he said, your heart is not working and your kid, I'm going to die. Yeah, I know. I see the blood studies. He said, and heart disease is really due to toxins. That's what heart disease is, is the toxic overload of the heart and the heart as a muscle can pump properly. 
So he okay. said, the old docs, we're talking the old docs, not the current doc, the old docs. And that was true. Because they didn't do a lot of medicines. They did more nutrition. Okay, so he said, you have to juice dandelion greens and beets because they will detoxify your liver. Okay, if you remember, I said I had 30 years of migraines and I took pills for those 30 years. That's a long time. Luckily, I didn't take the real bad ones that they have out now, but you know, I'm very sensitive. So I had to really detoxify my body. So I, I got a juicer and start juicing. And all of a sudden my headache went away within like 10 minutes. And then like three or four hours later, it come back. I juice again. So I juice three times a day. That's kind of over the top, but if you're dying, you're going to do it. And I've seen um, some clinics that use juicing and people recovered from four stage cancer. Only juicing carrots. Now, why is this so important? It's important because you need so many nutrients, but I can't eat three pounds of carrots. It's not even healthy because you get all the fiber. So juicing is a way of getting the nutrients out of the vegetable, leaving the fiber behind. It's like getting an IV of nutrients. And you, if you juice like on an empty stomach, you're like, you're like, whoa, I feel so good. <laughs> yeah. But it's important to juice the proper vegetables, not the GMOs. I get my um, vegetables from the farmer. Now, okay, I'm lucky to live next to a farmer. Okay, he's not next door, but he's like, you know, an hour away. So yeah. I have learned through the years that the most important thing is the uh, vegetables you use. Now, one thing I'm going to say that is really important that people don't understand it. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot juice vegetables and fruits together. Even though they say, oh, I have a smoothie. Well, you're doing more harm than good. Why is that? Okay. And if you don't believe me, you can do this test. You can juice vegetables and put it in a glass, the juice. Then clean your, out, clean your juicer and then juice some fruits like strawberries and grapes and not apples because apples are okay. And then you put that in the glass. And then you pour them together and they just like foam and get all messed up and they cancel each other out. Now, this, this is not known because they push the smoothie. Oh, add some, mm -hmm. add a leaf of spinach and add a couple peaches and add some strawberries. The more you put in, the healthier you're going to be. No because your body can't assimilate all that's going, oh, strawberries need this and, and digestion and grapes need this digestion uh. and a leaf needs this digestion. And the body just goes, you know, they get sick and they go, this juicing is forget it. And I'm going, this, you're juicing wrong. You juice one or two items, that's all. Now, now does it matter if you juice fruits or just, just as long as you the, just do fruits 
fruits are a sugar rush. Because you can juice okay. what um, a whole thing of grapes and a whole thing of cherries and a whole thing of peaches, and you drink six ounces of that. What would happen if you did eat that much and you don't mm -hmm. have the? Okay, what does fiber yeah. do? Fiber stops the absorption. So you're getting a sugar rush, and you may even pass out because your sugar goes up, even if you're not diabetic. Huh. Not a good thing. You should eat a fruit. Don't juice a fruit. You need the All fiber right. in. So you see, you need the fiber in the fruit so it doesn't go into your bloodstream quick and pass you out or make or change your blood sugar so quickly. No, yeah, that's interesting. So fiber with your fruits and yeah, eat it. no eat fiber it. with the vegetables. Right. Smart man. Interesting. We're we're gonna switch up what we're doing because uh, my wife juices three times a day, but she mixes fruits and vegetables all together. No, 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 no. Now, now, Lois, what about can you do that? Uh, like eat your fruit in the afternoon and juice at the same time? No, always do your vegetables and fruits separate. Is there a guidance on the length of time between those? Well, or? most people would maybe juice in the morning and eat some fruit later. I am very, very, very sensitive. So if I juice, I don't eat any fruit that day. But that's lowest. I'm just really sensitive. And how yeah. did I learn this? I learned this from an incredible, brilliant a uh, holistic doctor who studied in Germany. And he learned the real way of juicing and he taught it to me. That's why I well, know this. Uh, unfortunately, I think a lot of our uh, medical professionals are guided Con by the money. Contaminate it, contaminate it. Yes, and, and they aren't really, well, you mentioned it earlier, they, they want to manage what you're dealing with and not get rid of it. And that's a big key because I think that puts a lot of mental stress on individuals that is excessive anyway. Well, I think it, in a way, it puts less stress on me because I don't have to keep on trying to figure out what's going on. I go to the root of the problem and say, okay, now we can fix it. My mind works that way. I have to figure out the problem and then I go, oh, well, then we can fix it. Yeah. My mind won't yeah, stop until I get the solution. Yeah. A lot of people skip over that and they always want somebody the e else easier. to tell them. Yeah. But so, I'm telling them so they can, it, yes. juicing has come, not the greatest thing that can happen to you because people do it wrong. Yeah. Yeah, now, I, I look I've that, never yeah. actually heard about that, you know, separating the fruits from the vegetables. And, and you That's won't. And I talked to nutritionists because I had a friend that had cancer and all that. And I told her about the juice. She said, That's good. And they said, Oh, yeah, put some fruits in. They'll be better for you. I'm going, And you're a, a four year graduate of nutrition. 
do my experiment, prove it to yourself. People yeah. think more is better with juicing. More juicing is better, but not more junk in it. Yeah. Well, you well, know, that really makes sense about that sugar rush and the fiber oh, helping yeah. relieve the ingestion of all of those sugars. So that's really good information to pass along right there. Yeah. So juicing is a way to health. Um, I have been juicing now for 25 years. And yeah. it's part of my life. I used to do you know, three times. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, when, when, when we first started juicing, it was ugh, awful. But as you progress in juicing and really start understanding how to do it, those bad tastes go away and you kind of start craving it, don't you? Yes, because your taste buds are used to not juicing. And then when your taste buds become normal, like they should be, then juicing, you want the, you want the good stuff. Now, the key to life, or, on the, or the physical, the key to cells is enzymes. Enzymes, without enzymes, we don't live. Okay? Now, that's why um, they, they say, you know, fried fruits and, you know, the more alive your food is, the more enzymes you have. But like, right. can you eat, I can't eat two pounds of carrots. So I get right. two pounds of carrots in my six ounces of carrot juice. Yeah, now, now Lois, uh, expand on that about uh, a lot of people take vitamins as supplements instead of actually what you just stated, live food. Because well, live there's food the difference. Is, and there's yes. dead food. Now, yes. now, there's a lot of good vitamins and liquid and coming out these days. So I'm not saying all vitamins are bad, you know, uh, synthetic. It just depends. You have to search the company and so forth and so on. However, me, Lois, I am, again, very sensitive. And I found that they put a lot of impurities into the tablets of the vitamins, you know, to make, they call them fillers. And one of my very dear friends just called me last week and said, Lois, I stopped taking all my vitamins and three days later, I have the energy and the health that I never knew I had. I went, wow. Mm. I said, you can take, I'm not saying all vitamins are bad, but I'm just saying that you have to know what you're taking and that's hard to find. So for me, it's so much easier to juice carrots. I mean, if people want to start juicing, just get organic carrots and juice them. I have, I don't know these people personally, but I know several people of people that they only juice carrots and they healed from cancer. Wow. It's the enzymes and yeah. it's only carrots. Now, if you're diabetic, you have to watch that. You know, so if you are just starting juicing, my recommendation is to work with some health professional. 
you know, to make sure if you have diabetes or something and, you know, cause it does alter your, so I have to say that, you know, just work with somebody that's knowledgeable and uh, yeah. that can help you. But the simpler the juicing is, the more effective it is. And it, it, you get the live enzymes because I am not a vegan because my body, I'm a hundred percent Polish. All four of my grand, all four of my parents, grandparents came from Warsaw, Poland. Oh what wow! Do, yeah. So what do they eat? They eat meat. I mean, my body yeah. just—I can't. I've tried to be a vegan, and I got so sick. So people laugh at me because I drink all this gorgeous dandelion greens and carrot juice and all, and then for dinner I have a big hamburger. <laughs> Oh really? Ham hamburger. Yeah. So you go you go straight for the red meat. Uh, yeah. So. Or some chicken, but you know, I need the I I myself need that. And it's yeah. I eat good meat and so forth and so on, but I can't, you know, so everyone some people do very well as a vegan. I'm not saying that my way is the only way. I'm just right. saying to add well, juicing a to your life. Yeah, it's a different protein, also meat and vegetable protein, and exactly. they actually uh, interact or act in your different. body differently. Yeah, so, so that's who I yeah. am. I have a rare blood type, so I guess I'm just, you know, who I am, and this is what I found works. But juicing can be used for anybody, any blood type. If you're vegan or not vegan, or you like meat or you don't like meat, it's universal. There's no, the only people that have to be cared for are the ones that are diabetic because it does increase yeah. your sugar and you should be carried, you know, you should have that looked after, but it's not contraindicated. Right. And that's why you want to work with the professional to make sure that you're doing it properly for yeah, how your system, system is. Yeah. So that's what I right. um, um, advocate for people. But juicing is... If everybody juiced, it would be like, oh, my God, there wouldn't be any health problem. Yeah, I think we'd alleviate, alleviate quite a bit of that because uh, once once we stopped eating McDonald's and uh, all of those fast King. food. Yeah, yeah, Burger King, all of those fast food joints all day long, every day. We started seeing healthy results and for the longest time i ah bs food's food just let me eat i'm hungry yeah i, I wish i wish i would have known that back when i was 19 years old you know uh, i'd probably still be a big muscular <laughs> okay okay you can reverse aging okay yeah. i'm younger now than i was now yeah. back to the emotional issue if I help the depression part of me that's 12 years, living in when I was 12 years old, that depression, her name is Deborah, she's stuck in 1960-something because of all the abuse. Now, if I help her heal, she comes back to 2021 with me. She brings the energy of a 12-year-old into me. So I'm bringing the timelines of my past back into me. I haven't done it all, but that's my goal. 
Well, you really have to dig deep to find all of that because well, like we stated that's earlier, what I do. that's what I want to do. Even your inner critic has to heal. So we got to keep digging. And well, every time that- we face one of those challenges that are just popped into our head, it's a chore to handle all of this. It's, it's a chore, but it's so fun. After a while, yeah, it's it like part, it's really fun. <laughs> It's really, and the truth, another truth is Alzheimer's. Okay, it's chemical um, that our brain doesn't work because of all the toxins and so forth. And maybe your your predisposition to it. But part of it is the emotional aspect because depression, anxiety, and the inner critic, they just give up after a while if you don't talk to them. And then you get Alzheimer's out. Yeah, that's pretty interesting there. So, Lois, what got you into making films? Because I see things. And uh, this is years ago, I was talking at a lecture and I said, you know, your inner critic and and they're going, Lois, what are you talking about? I said, when you see your inner critic, people could not see what I see. So I said, oh, I'll make a film of what I see. I did not know it would be so difficult, but I did it. (laughs) And my new film, Al, I'm Good, makes shame guilt visible. You can see it as a green energy. So that's out, and I'm editing episode two now. And you can get that on my website. I Just go imgoodfilm.com. Yes. And you just released that, what, last month? Yes. And... Um, I have a wonderful song on it. I'm good. It brings it, it's so inspirational. I don't know if you heard it, but it's yes, it's I great. Isn't it great? Good. Isn't that great? Yeah, I love it. I yeah, love well it. Well done. And and you yeah. had that done for you. Yes, a, a friend that, did that for me. Yeah, it's awesome to have people that support you and uh, rep rally around you and help you make it through these tough things like creating films and podcasts (laughs) yeah don't get me started but we can do what we can do and um god has saved my life so many times uh because you know it's a long story and um the the doctor that helped heal my body and put the bones back where they needed to go he said that c1 c2 and c3 were broken Uh, in childhood so you don't live too good with those broken but god sent me back and here i am yeah (laughs) i I can tell you back issues are one of the worst issues and uh you feel it forever that's for sure well, unless you find somebody that can put them back together. Well, I haven't had that opportunity yet. <laughs> well, we can and, uh, we can sidebar on that um, uh, when we're off. I'll sidebar. On. All right. Well, Lois, how can people actually find you and get in touch with you? To because you love to go out and educate people. How can they get you on to their show? Okay, Lois Hollis, L-O-I-S, H-O-L-L-I-S dot com. 
Now on my website is all my contact info. You can get my newsletter, which is 500 questions, one answer. I teach you 500 ways we can shame ourselves or others can shame us, but you don't get 500 at once. You're not going to be happy. You get 25 <laughs> each week. And I, I really offer that to you because if you don't know what shame guilt is, you're not going to be able to resist it. That's true. And, and it's so important to have people out there supporting that shame guilt in our world. A lot of people are fearful of it, like we talked about earlier, that fear factor stops us from doing so much in the world, even opening up to others, which right. is so important because yeah, so we're, we're like this tribal being anyway, and we need companionship. So I'm taking an ax to that and breaking it open. Amen. I like it. <laughs> Love. Um, it's it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast and your knowledge is just a cornucopia you know you you don't find individuals with your knowledge out there sharing the way they should be i thank you so much for sharing with us today and being part of our podcast well thank you thank you and um i do group sessions and individual as well so look me up. <laughs> People, you need to look up Lois Hollis. She's a great lady and a lot of information can be put into your head because she's always out there doing something for us. Thank you, Lois. Thank you, Ed.